existing, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Annalisa. And I'm Reese. And this is to Ellen, Ellen Back, Back Generation, Generation, Generation Q, Q edition. edition. Back to New York. Back to New York. Well, not yet. Uh, not yet. That sorry. That that was a reference to uh, <laughs> season ten of The Real World, where they went back to New York and they called it like The Real World Back to New York because what? the first it. episode of The Real World, the first season of The L Word was in New York. I mean, sorry, The Real World was in New York. <laughs> what year approximately do you think season 10 of The Real World aired? 2002 or 2003? I was in elementary school. Because I think yeah, 9-11 so. happened during the Chicago season. But they, <laughs> so the first season, did they have to address that in the universe of the real world? I mean, I know it's about the real world famously, but did they discuss 9-11? Like, did, was it yeah, happening they while they were filming? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't think I have an understanding. I, the real world was never something I watched. I I think I, by the time I came to the real world universe, I, it was like real world versus road rules. So I was, yeah. I was it was years, uh, you know. Well, it stopped being good. Like around, I would say <laughs> the Las Vegas season, it started taking a turn where it became like a lot of reality shows are now, which is just about young, hot people drinking a lot and having drama. You know, sure. but in the beginning, it was very much like a genuine social experiment of like mixing people from all these different backgrounds, especially at a time when like the internet wasn't a thing. So people really mm -hmm. didn't know about anything besides their own little world mm -hmm. and like putting them all in a house together and seeing what would happen. And and like a lot of interesting things came out of that. But then it, the, the vibe shifted as MTV shifted more towards like those types of like party shows and right. the OC and all that kind of, or whatever that was called, Laguna Beach or something. Laguna Beach. Yeah and super sweet 16 and teen mom and all that kind of stuff. Like the, the vibe of MTV was shifting away from like progressive social, like alternative indie rock, whatever towards like more like trashy reality TV, I guess, which, which has its place in the universe. favorite era of MTV. Mm -hmm. That was the era I grew up in. Also, I watched reality bites last year in my rom-com project and reality bites is kind of about that shift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great film. I like, I like jackass. You were, I, I oh, forgot yeah. you were a jackass kid. Yeah, that was yeah, not really my was. vibe. One thing no one ever talks about is I Want a Famous Face. Does anyone remember the show? Is that the show where <laughs> I people do got plastic surgery to look like famous people? Yeah, I vaguely <laughs> recall that. People, aren't people didn't talk about it enough at the time, and they're not talking about it enough today. That's how I feel about the reality show The Swan. <laughs> Which was oh the swan. Oh yeah, yeah that was wild. Swan. Every now and then I get into another swan rabbit hole and just like I just get lost in in what a time that was. Yeah, yeah. you know. God, I'm scared because like, I do think that cyclically in media, and maybe this can get us to the L word. I do feel like we're <laughs> back in a place where like queerness is going down, fat phobia is going up. Like mm. it's where it. I am feeling. Like, because of my young age of 29, that mm. I'm experiencing a backslide culturally in a way that I maybe never have. Like, obviously, 
Donald Trump was elected president in my lifetime, but that like, galvanized people in a way where like, yeah. yes, he was president, but the culture around me, like my mom was all of a sudden liberal, you know, like it felt like people were getting more <laughs> yeah. liberal around me, not less. Well, and also media and art, like when Donald Trump was elected, like the amount of like shows that had like queer characters skyrocketed, the racial yeah. diversity of shows, because suddenly it was like, we're in this hellscape we have to you know suddenly people were finally on board with doing all these things that we've been asking for forever because they were no longer in this like why do we need more diverse tv shows obama's president you know right weird yeah so i don't know like i know that things that that progress isn't linear but it's still jarring certain things are have been jarring in recent months i don't know why i just like look not to keep dragging my family into this, but like, <laughs> there's enough. I'm aware that like fat phobia was alive and well before six months ago, but I at least thought in certain circles, I don't know. Like it just, it's wild to me how, I don't know. I don't know the way people are talking about gender and sexuality, the way people are talking about race, the way people are talking about bodies. It's just, it feels like we're in a, a bad moment. Hmm. I feel like this has been a topic of conversation about like, Gen Z too and their reaction to like sex scenes Mm. and like sex in culture like it just feels like it's I don't know I haven't really noticed this personally so I can't really say whether it's accurate or not but I do feel like people are talking about that a lot like that there's a move towards like more puritanical like for lack of a better word like views on sex I think that was easy to call the force is leading to that yeah I mean, so should we share that the uh, <laughs> that this po- this is a podcast where we talk about the Outward Generation Q, a show that no longer exists? <laughs> it, it was, yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast where we talk about the Outward Generation Q on Showtime, um, a program that brought our community together and tore us apart, brought us to new heights of life, and now I guess is over. It has been canceled. Yeah, which we knew. Well, yeah, I, I think, know, but I I really think I was in denial. Yeah. There's something that's also important to obviously talk about, which anyone listening to this podcast I'm sure knows, which is that the cancellation announcement was paired with an announcement that Eileen Shaken is already working on the L Word New York, which my uh-huh. question is, will we ever why? see the L? <laughs> why would be one question? That, not so much. The question I have more is, Will we ever actually see the L Word New York or is it one of the, I mean, shows get announced all the time. I mean, the farm right. never happened. Like, is it yeah. something that's being announced in order for like Showtime to not have gay people like angry at them? Or, or do we think that it's actually a thing that's going to someday be real? I have my doubts. I Yeah, I have no fucking idea. Because like in development means nothing. It feels like the way that was released was it was like, as like a rumor, like mm-hmm. like the the reporter who reported it was like, I hear, which I assume meant that she heard from like Eileen Shaken or from somebody else, like yeah. in that universe or whatever. It seemed a little bit odd for that to be happening after there was like this big fan push towards like bring the OG, like reboot the OG series again, like put Eileen Shaken in charge as if like everyone forgot <laughs> that she like, you know, she did so many things right, but she did so many things wrong. Like she's not, she's not like a... Uh, Suddenly, everybody's idealizing. Um, yeah, as people Eileen do Chaykin. to the past. Yeah, as people do right. to the past. Yeah, and wanting her to bring back the show or like have a new showrunner. So it seems interesting that they would say that. Like, 
I don't know. I just wonder like what is going on behind the scenes, like what the rumblings are and like, are, does this mean like the original cast would be a part of it? Is it because like, are Ben and Tina going to be there or are they going to be in Toronto doing Murdoch mysteries? Who would be in New York? And also like, how would that work out for us in terms of whether or not we would get invited to any parties? Mm-hmm. Which is number That's, one on the agenda. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's also a question of like, do we want that? To be invited to the parties? No, obviously we want to be invited <laughs> to the parties, but do we want the L Word franchise to live on, especially back in the hands of, I mean, if it was announced that it was like, I don't know who's someone who's cool that we like and is a good writer and was like, this person is, is going to be doing a new L word. I'd be like, incredible. Amazing. Reese I love Bernard. it. But, like Tanya yeah. Sriracho. Yeah. Okay, better answer. Was, yes. Sure. <laughs> if that was announced, it'd be great. But like, I don't necessarily know if I need more Eileen shaken L word. Like, I don't really know what that's going to offer. I don't know. But I mean, it, it is also one of these things where like, I think a lot of the problems of Gen Q were baked into the premise in the sense of having now watched the Queerest Folk reboot, which I liked more than some, but wasn't perfect by any means. Like, I think the idea of a sort of like queer ensemble show that is trying to be everything is going to fail always. And it it both artistically and creatively. And Mm. I think A League of Their Own comes closest And it's because it really grounds it in a certain history and is like not Mm -hmm. trying to be everything per se, even though I think it does a really good job at like representing a lot of different identities, but it's still, it at least has baseball to like be based Mm -hmm. around and like, yeah, I don't know. They also don't have to, like, they have certain rules about like how society was structured at that time in history that like kind Mm -hmm. of gives them like a box from which within to tell their story where there's, I think there's less there's less room to totally fuck up what you're yeah. doing. You know what I mean? Like, there's not like, you can't like put Micah and Maribel's story into the, a league of their own. It would never happen. So therefore no. it would never be fucked up. Do you know what I mean? Sure. But I do still think that like a league, the league of their own reboot, like spends half of its like runtime on black characters, which in rebooting right. the like original league of their own, like they certainly, that wouldn't be the choice that I think a lot of writers would have taken. And also no. like, so many people are gay or queer and also they include trans characters. Like I do think there's just like a, they do a pretty impressive job, which that show's also getting canceled. So, um, right. That's the thing is people were like, why can't, why do we need this? Why can't we just have a really well-written show about queer people? And I'm like, there is one, it's called a league of their own. It came out last year and it just got canceled. Like we, we got that, that, that like imaginary show we were all dreaming of that had like an ensemble that was like all the main characters were queer and it was just their stories. And like, it wasn't just about white people and it wasn't just about, like we got it. Yeah. It's a bummer. Um, I do think that if we were to get the L word New York, like I would want it to be, it's so funny because this show got such backlash and I understand why, (laughs) but like looking like where that show wasn't very representative of like all gay people in San Francisco. It was Mm -hmm. very white. It was, I mean, very, very cis, but like, it's really good. And it feels like it's people who all are in the same world together. There are times where it's like somewhat sheltered characters are like pulled out of their world in ways that I think are well done. Speaking of Tanya Mm Sarasho, she was a writer on it. And, but, and like, Vita is another one where, like, that's a specific queer space. Like, I just, yeah. I just 
Gen Q not having like trans women characters was brutal because they tried to have it seemed like every other character and they did a bad job with all of them that weren't like, you know, whatever. But in general, I don't want Eileen Shaken writing a trans woman. That's a nightmare. Like, I don't want that. I want her to make, I want like, I want write the Ben and Tina show and it's like middle-aged or like lesbians, like in their fifties and sixties and stuff, like their lives or whatever, like whatever it is that she can speak to, I think. And like whatever that looks like. Cause I don't think that like, like the social group represented in Gen Q was was realistic, except for that there were no trans women in it. But like in terms, yeah. there wasn't anyone there wasn't anyone in that social group who wouldn't be ordinarily. Like no one felt like stuffed in. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. <laughs> Identity wise, no. But writing wise, yes. Like writing wise, yeah. they never really knew what to do with Micah. It right, felt right. very, you know, like that's more. I guess what I'm getting at is like, no. Uh, theoretically you can have a lot of, you know, like there are plenty of friend groups that are very diverse in the truest sense, like meaning of that word. But a lot of times writers can't really make that work. Right. Yeah. Because that's not their experience. I do think it's worth noting. Well, there's two things I want to talk about. But the first thing is like Eileen Chaikin developing this. I mean, for like Reese said, in development doesn't really mean anything. It means someone has some idea that they're like thinking about at home sometimes. Like, yeah, but it it also doesn't mean she's writing. Like Eileen Jacob developed the L word Generation Q, and then That's brought Marja true. in as a showrunner. Like, and then they oh, assembled so the writers' room. Me. Like, it could still be Reese. Wow. We could all all three of us could find our way into the L word New York. <laughs> oh my god, my phone's reboot. ringing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Eileen, um, like I don't. I was thinking about this on the drive home from work. So I was like, I actually have a lot of thoughts about like the business side of this because that's what yeah. I do for my day job. But I think it's probably pretty boring to people listening. But like. Eileen Chaikin is going to be involved as an executive producer and like developing any L word reboot for the rest of time. Anytime the L word comes up, Eileen is going to be at least like involved in the conversation. And like, that's, you know, for all the reasons that Drew said and Risa said, like good and bad, you know what I mean? Like it means something to people, but also it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best product, but it is like, yeah, just kind of comes with the property now. Yeah. Um, which is just something I don't know, just to like for people to know when we're talking about something like this, like it's always gonna be Eileen Chaikin's L word, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's Eileen Chaikin's L word. Yeah. If that that's true. makes sense. The other thing was that I feel like we all read the announcement of her developing this show differently. Like I was like, <laughs> I think it's the L word with all new characters in New York City. Is it a period piece? I have no idea. But like it's just a group of lesbians in New York City. And I think was, Reese had a different yeah. take. I thought it was the, I thought it was going to be the original cast members shutting Gen Q and either they were going to go back in time to be have it take place in like 2010, 2011, like when Ben and Tina allegedly just moved to New York. Cuz also at some point Shane moved to New York cuz Shane had the salons, like Shane moves back to LA in the beginning of Gen Q. Right. So either it's going to be a prequel or whatever which would be great because then we, Shane would have all the eyeliner again and we'd all get to relive that. And that was a meaningful thing for me personally. <laughs> but I think like, this was either that or I think it's going to be like the original cast. But I don't know how they would all get to New York. But also it's about LA. That's the whole point of the L word. Like, I love New York. Like, New York City is my favorite city. <laughs> but like, I don't, I think the L word is an LA show. Right. Well, that's it's why about it has to life in, LA. in the title. Well, again, that's why it's called the L word New York. I mean, my <laughs> thought process, when I first heard it, I thought entirely new characters, just like wow. lesbians in New York present day. Then I was like, then or, why? 
What if it's a 90? Well, because like I thought of it as like a queerest then why folk use the name? Oh. Because it's easier to get a show made. Well, yeah, and because it like means something. You know, like the real L word, yeah. it's like, why call it that if it's, you know what I mean? Like, why? It's, it's not a scripted show, but it had the same idea at its center, you know? Yeah. I think that it's potentially, it takes place in the 90s. New actors are cast <laughs> to play our core characters. Oh it my is God. a prequel, but it's like we get Shane. Someone's cast to play like 90s Shane. Could, Chris, could Kristen Stewart pay, play 90s Shane? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> She's never done TV besides being an Irma vet. Remember for one yeah. second, but if Kristen Stewart was cast as Baby Shane, that would be a hit right there. That's a hit. She's That's too hit. old though for for like '90s Shane. They need to cast uh, someone who's like 20. Yeah, but '90s Shane had lived a lot of life by then, you know. That's true. Yeah, That's true. yeah. I really did think before this show started, like Kristen Stewart was on the get list for the L word. <laughs> that was, you know, it I was think announced. She's ever going to do TV? No, certainly not. But it was announced in like you know. 2017 2018 that they were developing yeah. it. And I was, it was like peak Kristen's who were like coming out talking about yeah. being queer like publicly yeah. appearing with people she was dating and I was like oh this is gonna happen and that feels so so long ago now <laughs> what they really should do is they should cast Jacqueline to Boney's play um 90s Shane <laughs> wow that would be a choice I would love that I would have such a good time It'd be so fun if they could bring back the young members of Gen Q as uh -huh. prequel members of the original L Word cast, except that none of them <laughs> were like ethnically diverse enough. <laughs> like you could like retcon a bunch of people. What if it was just like a shot by shot remake of the Carrie Diaries, but everyone's gay? I was sort of thinking of it as I haven't either, but I was thinking like the Carrie Diaries. Like it was like the Bet right. Diaries. Was Bet ever in New York? Mm -hmm. uh, well, she went to Yale and that's a train ride away. So what happened? What, what do we know the history? No, of, like, she was Bette? in New York. She was in New York. When Alice and Bette were at the opera, isn't that in New York? No. Oh. I know. I think she was in New York at some point. I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive. Maybe I just think of the opera as a New York activity. So I'm like, mm -hmm. they must have been on the East Coast then. Also, when has the Elward ever cared about continuity or things being correct so they could easily be like, it's about Bette and Alice dating in New York? <laughs> <laughs> that would be your dream show. It would be, yeah. <laughs> Bet is played by... God, can you imagine the, how the like L-Word fandom would react if someone <laughs> else played Bet or any of these characters? But imagine like a young queer actress playing Bet. That'd be so cool. Jasmine Savoy Brown. Like Jasmine, yes, I was about to say Jasmine Savoy Brown. Obviously top of mind because of Yellow Jacket's premiere recently, but... Yeah. Right, there you go. Cast, perfect. Jacqueline Tiboni. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the spinoff. Obviously, it's again hard for me to separate my own business interests from the interests of right. myself as a person. But like, I really enjoyed everything happening around the Elward Generation Q so much. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I liked that I got to write recaps and people got to give me compliments about how good I am at recapping. I love doing the podcast with you guys. That crazy week in New York, in LA, when it premiered in 2019 was a, was a week to remember and partially forget, but also <laughs> remember. And, you know, it was just like, it was very exciting at a time when yeah. I guess it, it came in, like the reboot came up during a time in my life when I was not doing very well. And it was like a lot of excitement and fun and flurry and like getting back into recaps. And I love that. And so I think what I really wanted was for it to keep going, but with a new showrunner. Yeah. 
Like I, that's what I want more than an L. Ray New York. I wanted yeah. this to like keep going, but like to be done for them to like just get back to not go, get back to the drawing board, but kind of, you know what I mean? Like they can't like retcon anything, but kind of try to fix a little bit and and move forward. And I mean, the showrunners switch out during series, like after a few seasons all the time. Yeah, I guess Don't because they? Marta had an overall, I was like feeling less optimistic about that, which I think we maybe talked right. about, but it seems like Showtime wouldn't necessarily invest i don't know whatever cost that would have that would have entailed i don't think they cared enough but i also think that i mean what shows are left like yellow jackets and the last of us which is another interesting i know it's only two shows and two shows don't make a pattern but like it is interesting that the highest profile queer shows that aren't getting canceled are genre shows yeah are like violent Mm -hmm. and about like yeah, like it's not, it, yes, genre, but it's not even genre like CW superheroes genre. Like it's genre in the sense of like really brutal, violent, scary, like somewhat despairing television, which feels interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of those shows is a lot better than the other one, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a, something I've, I mean, obviously Hacks is still on and I've since caught up on Hacks and think it's great. But that one of the and two sort protagonists of. sort of is sort of so good. I guess because sort of is Canadian, I don't think of it as like indicative of, but I guess HBO probably gives some money to it. Yeah. It feels just really like scary that shows that are like centered on like the queer person is the star or it's a queer ensemble, like cannot seem to not get canceled. And yeah. there's always like, everyone's like, we need to make our own stuff. And it's like, no, you don't. I don't want like another 2,500 lesbian web series out there that, <laughs> You know, like, that's not what we need. We really, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the people who have the money do have to invest some of it. If we're gonna, if we're going to see ourselves on TV, you know? Yeah. But it bums me out. Yeah. Even though it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would love for, like you said, queer-centered shows or shows with a bunch of queer characters to have kind of the opportunity to be a little bit bad and still get a chance to, like, yeah. find their footing, like, figure out what the problems are, get, like, right. more on level ground because I think there are so many shows that have really uneven seasons or like a lot of drama behind the scenes or you know whatever like you said showrunner switches and they still get to run for a number of seasons like I don't understand I mean I do but I wish it weren't the case that it's like the the ones who aren't allowed to really like flounder a little bit are queer shows and yeah that's not me being like this was the best show ever and it should have run forever on like the way it was running before because we obviously like had our thoughts about it but it it's not a show that doesn't have an audience it's not a show and a league of their own is the same way like it's not like people don't love that show it's not yeah, like people love it I, I don't know it just there's always a reason and that reason never seems to apply to like other shows even if they have the same kind of problems you know i do think that again it's like all cyclical and TV in general right now, I think, is at, like, a really bad place. And so, uh-huh. like, writer strike coming up. And, like, I do think it's not that we shouldn't be fighting for more and better. I think I probably place a little bit more emphasis on the better portion of that in the sense of, like, I will miss the camaraderie and the community built around the our Generation Q. But, like, I do think we can ask for more and ask for better. And I do think, I just think it's a matter of, time like in the sense of there will be queer shows the patterns will 
fluctuate. A new, you know, one streaming site will crumble and a new way that shows, you know, whether it's we go back to an old way of television being made or we go to a new, new way of television being made. Like there's going to be another boom and then another bust. And it's just always what happens. It's happened since like the beginning of movies, like being made professionally and like as an industry. So I don't usually feel very like doomsday about media in general, about queer media specifically. It sucks to be in this point of time where like we're losing these shows. And especially if like, you know, when you have attachments to certain characters and it sucks, but I do think things will get better again and maybe even better than they ever have been. I do believe that. And what I don't want in looking at the like, glad numbers that come out of like, you know, these are the number of queer characters. I I would love if in the next wave of like things getting better, if we focus less, I think, I think those numbers are sort of like the Bechdel test in the sense of like, it can be helpful as a tool and as a test, but like, that's not, it means, means, you need a qualitative analysis as well as a quantitative yeah. analysis. And I think some of that has to be about community. Like we want shows that are about queer communities. Like that's what yeah. Gen Q was. That's what L word. I mean, that's what League of Their Own was. That's what Generation was. Like communities mm-hmm. of humans who are all queer because that's really realistic instead of us just being part of a straight person's story right. or like, you know, one queer friend in the so- social group, which I know is common as well, but also like queer community is, is, is really common. <laughs> yeah. And we don't see shows like that. I definitely agree with that as like one of the, as one of the measurements. And so I definitely will be sadder about the cancellation of something that centers queer people than the cancellation of something where like, you know, there's a subplot or not even a subplot, but even like one of the main characters, it's not, I'm not going to care as much. It's got, I mean, I'll care if the show's really good, Mm -hmm. but I'll be forgiving towards a Gen Q or a Queer as Folk reboot. I think what's frustrating to me is that like, I would rather live in a world where we don't have to be forgiving to, I mean, that's why I leave their own felt so special and I'm really sad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not official yet. So hopefully it doesn't get canceled, but, um, or at least they get more than four episodes for this like second and last season. Cause like that felt like a real mix of like, like a sort of populist art that like a lot of people could watch and have fun with and obsess over. But that's also really good. And it to me was like, oh, we this is what we could be asking for. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a bummer that that also got canceled, uh, potentially. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, I guess I'm just like looking at the landscape and I'm like, you know, in 2012, like the idea that the company that sent us DVDs in the mail would make like a big queer woman <laughs> ensemble with like a trans woman involved in that, like mm-hmm. about women's prisons, like, that would have been wild. So like that was, that's like 10 years ago. And so who knows what the next 10 years are going to bring. And I think like right now feels really bad and sucks. And I mean, I literally like work in the industry and if people (laughs) who have been showrunners are and are queer or specifically trans aren't like getting jobs, like I'm fucked. But I think I'm able to just be like, well, for now, like I'm fucked for, a few years at least, but then like right. media always changes. And I don't know, I guess I just feel 
I weirdly feel more optimistic when things are bad because I know that they'll get better than when things are quote unquote good. And we're being told that like everything's great because- That we don't need because, diversity on screen yeah, because someone is president, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> like where it feels where it's like, oh, like we have Gen Q, so what more could you want? Or like Euphoria is, I mean, I guess Euphoria is still on, still kicking. And like, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, so what, what do you mean? Like, we, you, like you have this, like that drives me crazy. Whereas- there being nothing, like even first mm-hmm. kill can't get renewed, like right. warrior nuns getting canceled. Like it doesn't matter yeah. what type of show it is. So I think it's like that to me, I'm able to be like, okay, but there will be more shows that get made. And in the meantime, like watch sort of, and actually like talk about it. And if you're not as excited about sort of maybe examine some of your biases. And while at the same time, <laughs> understanding that it is a much lower budget show that's, Made in yeah. Canada. I mean, I'm in Canada currently myself, so that's not a knock on Canada. It's just the industry here is different. And it's not the same kind of show. So I get that. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, enjoy. And also there's like a hundred years of media that you can potentially catch up on if you would like. And there's a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff out there. So, and there's a lot of good stuff that's made every year. I know it's not the same like to have a Gen Q that we have watch parties and everyone is talking about the same characters and mm-hmm. all that. But like, there will continue to be great independent queer movies made every year. Television's tough because it's, there's a lot of moving parts to get TV made, but like there will be movies that are made that you can watch and more now than ever, or if not, you know, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I just like wish people would focus on that sometimes and not that we shouldn't be having conversations about, how Hollywood is treating queer people so terribly right now and how it's connected to like the political backlash. Like, you know, it's not just like, Oh, we're not getting Gen Q anymore. It's also like the attitudes around queer people legislatively is also like bad. So it's not that we shouldn't talk about it. I just do encourage queer people. Like if you feel hopeless to remember that, like the queer artists who have worked on these shows and who haven't worked on these shows, but should have worked on these shows are going to keep making stuff because people make stuff and people like are going to want to create and, you know, they deserve bigger budgets and more opportunities and money from Showtime. But if they're not getting it, like eh, you can still find their creations somewhere. Yeah. But I want to be able to recap a show. (laughs) Sure. No, I mean, it's sad. Like I'm not trying to, I think I'm sometimes do what my mom does, which is that she's like negative all the time. And then when other people are negative, she's like ready to like, like she, she like reacts in the opposite. I do that like too. She's, she's like a yeah. leveling system, which sometimes is really nice and sometimes is a little maddening. So I apologize if this is maddening to any listeners who are like, yes, but Shane, I get it. But yeah. did we, did Gen Q even have Shane, the character? Like, let's be honest no. with ourselves. Does Kate Menig even think that Gen Q <laughs> had the character of Shane on it? Cause I'm getting no, no. demonstrably not. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, there's going to be a reckoning also because I think that the networks that are that are building these like libraries of content, like those libraries are a lot less attractive when they're only one season long. Right. Yeah. Like this cancellation spree, at some point they're going to have to sit down and be like, wait a second, like what yeah. are we doing here? We're not building, you know, like you can join Netflix and like you can you can watch, I don't know, 200 episodes of Orange is New Black or something or 100, you know what I mean? But like, are you going to... Mm-hmm. 
are you going to get invested in like first kill which has eight episodes i think right. or you know any of myriad you know and hula are you gonna watch the bisexual that has you should that has four episodes five episodes six. like yeah six so like you know i think that like they need multiple seasons of shows to have them like otherwise i feel like they're kind of throwing away what they spent yeah. on the first one right especially yeah. because so much of especially netflix like anecdotally people's watching is like the office and friends and like <laughs> new girl right. like it's things that have shows run that went forever. On forever yeah people want things and they don't also want shows that ended knowingly like no one wants to be left on a cliffhanger people want a fucking finale like you want a finale none of these shows get finales yeah if you're gonna kill tess show me tess's cold yeah, show, dead body <laughs> yeah show us tess hanging off a highway overpass with blood coming yeah. out of her eyeballs or show it or give me death yeah speaking of tess's fate should we discuss what we think should really happen to all of these characters in the finale what we're living our, in our heads for the rest <laughs> of time with well, I'd love to start out on a positive note and remember that we never got to see Angie and Bella have I forgot about them. their love confession. Mm -hmm. And I would really have, that is, I think, the next scene that I would want from, yeah. from Angie would be her going to Bella's and, you know, apologizing and Bella being like, but, you know, you know, and then like, the, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Those scenes? Yeah. Yes. That would be really nice. I, I love that for those two. And then Hendrix like never publishes another word for the rest of his life. And he has mm -hmm. to work at Coldstone Creamery. I don't think Coldstone deserves him. <laughs> That's actually, <laughs> you're probably right. Um, I hope Mike and Maribel patch things up. Like maybe he's like sitting in the car and he's like, and then he get he like takes a deep breath and he's like, this is absurd. And then he goes back inside yeah, he, the he's house. He's like, I only and, packed three t-shirts. Yeah. And he's like, let's, let's <laughs> talk this around. out. It's like, maybe we rushed into the whole baby thing. Maybe what we should actually do is just like, you know, if you, yeah, like, let's, let's work it out. And if you do still want a baby, like that can be something we can talk about, but you know, maybe we, maybe we see a doctor who can assuage a lot of these concerns <laughs> yeah. first. Yeah. yeah. And talk to them about all of our fears and concerns and all of the complications and decide what the best path forward is. That sounds lovely. I have a real, I know we didn't leave her on a like sad note, so we don't really need to, you know, give her a future, but I just feel like Sophie was on the brink of being like, I'm actually ready to take a creative turn. Yeah. Like, I think I want to go do stuff that like excites me and maybe that's documentary making as we've learned. And like, I don't know, Pippa. Is she going to be broke? Well, I think Pippa is a very wealthy artist. Oh. I'm just saying that like, yes, all the queer shows are canceled, but you should seek out Sophie's new queer documentary. It's you just have to get a subscription to Mubi and you exactly. can watch it. It's just just five ninety nine a month or something yeah. like that. And you can watch yeah. Sophie Suarez's new documentary. <laughs> it's eight yeah. hours long and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Introductory subscription, twenty-five percent off. Anyone can watch it. I think like that would be nice for Sophie. What I would actually predict for Sophie is that she enters into this thing with Pippa, but Pippa's very noncommittal because she's not going to commit to somebody who's like 20 years younger than her. You know what I mean? And Sophie's kind of enamored, but Pippa doesn't really give her the attention she desires. She thinks about doing the documentary, but freaks out and decides to stay on the Alice show, which is also good so that they're all in the same set, at, you know, interacting, right? Yeah. And then, of course, Finley is back working at the Alice show. And once again, Sophie finds herself back in the arms of her one true love 
now that they've both explored themselves and their experiences mm. and Finley has dealt with whatever has happened with Tess, right. That then they come together in health and joy and then they, and then they have a baby. Wow. That's yeah. And then lovely. they throw sperm vials at each other that costs <laughs> $925. I think that Tess wakes up from her coma um, because <laughs> right? she doesn't die. It's like, she just... why am I friends with these assholes? I think it confronts the fact that um, living a stealth life has <laughs> like weighed on her and made sobriety more difficult and other things more challenging. So she decides to like be more open about being a trans woman. And mm-hmm. um, then she just like forms this like really great community of trans people and like gets a trans girlfriend and just is like thriving. That's how I see her end. I would love to see her working at like a juice bar instead of a yeah. alcohol bar. Uh huh. You know, or like a remember those oxygen bars? No, no. But you don't I remember believe, those? No. Like you would. That? I guess you would go and get get oxygen. You would go and they would have like little yeah, like little. It depends, but like <laughs> that you would they would put them up your nose like an oxygen from mm-hmm. the hospital yeah. or like a little like tube that right. you could suck and it was like was it flavored? I, sometimes, sometimes, I think yeah. So. And I, it was like, you know, it was like one of those like, like wellness. Yeah. It like, was like a yeah. booster shot kind of like creation juice, but like instead yeah. of, or like how rich people get IVs brought to their homes so that they can yeah. like have all their vitamins or whatever. What if uh, Tess realizes that what she really loves is like bringing community together. So she opens up like a, like a sort of queer, non-alcohol centric space. There are uh-huh. so many people online who would love that. Like a bookstore or a coffee shop. Yeah, a bowling alley. Bowling alley. Although my and, girlfriend doesn't like bowling, so maybe mm, a bookshop and coffee shop would be better for me personally. A roller Tess rink. Tess buys stories in Echo Park. Tess starts a swan boat company in Echo Park to compete Ooh. with the present swan boat company. <laughs> and then we get into swan boat company wars. You know, No one's done that. Like That's completely an unexplored topic on all that's of television. True. No it's one's like, gotten into that at all. Do we think Gigi works it out with Matt? Like, do we think Gigi and Matt are go the distance? Well, isn't Matt still Polly? Yeah. So I think that they could start now that they're dating, and Matt, of course, is like, "Well, I'm Polly. We should date other people." And then Gigi's like, "I don't really want to," but then she goes on a date with Danny, and then yada yada, blah 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 blah. They realize, let's give a throuple a try again. Wow, with Danny. I see. I would love if the hour New York was. Gigi and Nat move to New York and they're like live their poly lives. And she's like a really positive representation of like a queer poly relationship, but not in like a, but, but, but like it's still in a messy way, but like the but two not of in them, like a boring way, <laughs> like the two of them aren't fighting or like cheating on each other, but like they're fighting and cheating on their various other romantic partners. But then they like always like come back to each other to like process like that could be really fun. Yeah. And and maybe they could live near Benantina, so they see them in the grocery store, and Benantina are like, because eh, you know, those are <laughs> That'd our poly friends. Very funny cameo, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they all have children, so they'd all be in Park Slope with their little strollers. Well, I guess their yeah. children aren't in strollers anymore, but you can put a kid, you can put a kid in a stroller if you want to. It's legal. <laughs> I I went to Disneyland recently, and I saw a lot of them. So I think that sounds good for them. I do think. Gigi's too interesting to be with Nat, but maybe sometimes I forget that that yeah. always reminds me that like sometimes really interesting people like to have boring partners because it like that's the dynamic they like, whereas I do not understand that at all. Well, we didn't really get to know Nat that well. 
That's fair. And you know, I'm going to go on a limb here and, and say, I don't know how well-written any of these characters were in the end of the day. Whoa. Hot take. Brave. I liked yeah. Nat. I always thought she was funny. Yeah. You, you, you were a big like Nat, Nat fan. Well, I'm a big Stephanie Allen fan, which is definitely inherited yeah. from an ex of mine. But I, I just think she's so funny and charming. Yeah, she is really funny. Speaking of shows that got canceled, that if you haven't watched One Mississippi, that's still on Amazon. You oh, can watch it. That's right? such a good that, show. That's like one of the best shows to ever be made. Yeah, it's, it's so brilliant. Good. It's so good. Two seasons. Yeah. I don't usually write te- write entire posts about a show getting canceled, but I sure did for. I remember that. One Mississippi, I said they canceled One Mississippi. I'm going to set my television on fire. I think they canceled I Love Dick the same day or something. Yeah, yeah. I think and that I was, was like, a big. Which like, again. Was like, excuse me. There's always there's right. these moments where it feels like every, like all hope is lost. And yeah. in fact. And then sometimes you get an hour generation Q. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I think what's crazy is that like right after Bet and Tina's wedding, Tina died. Like that's just so. <laughs> sad and brutal for that couple that like they finally get married and seem to be doing okay and then tina gets maybe tess and denver like railed into the little golf cart that ben and tina were driving off in and tina died yeah so that's i can't believe we're just never gonna know what happened to tess so mad so brutal i know that's so so annoying why end it on that note when you know right when you know that you might not come back it is one of the most unforgivable sins like when the odds are stacked but, against you, why would you make the cliffhangers? She might die in a car accident because she's <laughs> not sober and neither is the person driving. Right. Like, why couldn't it be like the cliffhanger is like, will yeah. Danny choose Roxy or um, yeah. Dre? Like, right. will, I mean, you still have the trans an- person unhappy at the end of the episode, <laughs> even in that one. Sure. Yeah. Will Angie go find Bella? Like, will, right. you yeah. know, like there's so many other... Right, like she could, like Angie could have like run after Bella, and Bella's like on a date with some other. I don't know, like it just could. It's just there's so many. I fun wanted Bella to walk in. Happened. That could have been even more fun. I, I really thought Bella they was going to be Angie's date to the wedding. I thought it was going to be a whole thing that was like, I was going to bring Hendrix, but of course, like now we're broken up, and also my mom's hate him, so like, yeah, I couldn't. Thanks for coming last minute, and then Bella was like, as my friend, yeah, and Bella's like, well, I always wanted to be your date to the wedding. Here's why. You know, you know, yeah. I love the moment where you, where they they turn around where they're at the party and they turn around and they see that person standing there in their in their attire. Although I guess that exact that exact thing happened with Dre, but it was not <laughs> at the <laughs> right Poor moment. Dre. You know right. what I mean? Right. Poor Dre. Poor Dre. Oh my god! I re I reread my recap just to refresh my memory of what happened. And like Dre, they looked so cute in their suit with like oh my god! It's just it broke my heart all over again for this fictional character. But anyway, that love triangle, I'm sure, would be messy. And hot. And hot, also. I would have watched, like, yes, like, because of what happens to Micah and what happens to Tess, like, I was not happy with how it ended with Dre. But, like, as far as, like, leaving trans characters or trans actors in a bad spot, like, at least that is fairly low stakes that's like gay hookup show drama like that just happens in the course of in the natural course of things the things that felt horrible like yeah were like the cruel like oh cool we're (laughs) near murder and we're like near breakup for no reason like it just feels just felt bad yeah who's left alice alice and tasha alice and tasha i feel like live happily ever after yeah 
I do think the Alice show gets canceled pretty brutally coming up soon. So that's something <laughs> yeah. we have to deal with. I bet <laughs> Alice did, like, and Q got, didn't get canceled then <laughs> uh, the Alice show one. Yeah, exactly. I think Alice would go on like a podcast revenge tour, like trying to be like, <laughs> I don't know, like I can be famous without them, but she ends up just being like kind of embarrassed about stuff she says. I don't know. She's like so goofy. I would love her to learn something from Tasha instead of just like, you know. I was going she- a different route. Like she she has like a stand-up special called like <laughs> Silenced. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she tries to do like a stand-up special or like a podcast tour or something. Like she tries to go like scorched earth and Tasha's like, what if it's kind of nice that you don't host this show? Like it makes yeah. you kind of unfun. <laughs> like, yeah. Why don't you just start a home decor line? I would watch like a hacks esque show about Ooh. like Alice as the Gene yeah. Smart character and like a young let's let's make it like someone with a lot of marginalized identities that Alice <laughs> can just be terrible about. Let's let's uh, let's do that show. I would love to eventually though see Alice like evolve and change. Grow. Well, yeah, that would yes. happen throughout the course of my my show that right. I met, my spin off <laughs> show about the trans woman who's stuck taking care of Alice's <laughs> ego. Right, she's her I like think... assist. She's her assistant, like post Alice show cancellation. So it's really just Alice management. There's not a lot else going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that idea. That's perfect. Um, let's see, Shane. Oh God, I hope Shane just like figures out. Like being non monogamous. You opens and Kate Menning both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess back uh, into hair. Maybe Ivy comes back in town. Ooh, what am I not I bet. Wait, Ivy has a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, Shane finally gets her family and is like a surrogate parent to Ivy's kid. And Shane continues to learn and grow up, but also like goes off and has sexcapades. And it's all sometimes with Ivy, sometimes not with Ivy. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. I mean, they they did retcon that and have Shane suddenly be a, a totally against having kids when Kiara wanted to have kids, even though she wanted to have kids when she was younger and she lost Shay. But this, I think we could retcon my, it this back. This is our show. Yeah. Yeah. This is our show. And so Shane's getting the family that she's always dreamed of with Ivy and her tank tops. Um, Bad and Tina. We've already, Bad and Tina moved to Toronto and rented a condo. Tina died. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in, in Drew's ending, Tina dies. I don't want anyone to die. I mean, I don't. I don't want anyone to die either. But sometimes it happens. I don't want anyone to like ever it, die. No, I know it's Except brutal, Donald Trump. but like, like it's just it was so sudden. I mean, it just was really brutal. Who's off Carrie and Misty? Oh, <laughs> um, they're cute. They were made of Finley's parents. And, and eventually grandparents to Finley and Sophie's children. Right. Carrie gets some queer friends who are also fat and learns that she doesn't have to. Um... Yeah, Carrie starts <laughs> hanging out in different circles than the ones that she's been like forced to hang out in. Yeah, maybe she makes more bowling friends. I was just about to say, I feel like the bowling league is a great place to start for that. Now that she's dating Misty, she hasn't ruined the bowling league, so she can go back to the bowling league. And I feel like yeah. that's a great place to make new friends of all different Ages, yeah. sizes, professions, class, you know, all sorts of different yeah. stuff that she's not been. Um, Tessa's Bolorama. Yeah. Right. And Tess owns it. So, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, the show writes itself. 
<laughs> I did try. I did ask um, AI to tell me what would happen to Shane. And, and they said um, that she would keep working on her sobriety. Um, and I asked what would happen to Tess. And they said that her and Gigi have a really strong connection and that they will keep building that connection. And I thought, interesting. I wonder where you're getting this from. Anyway, I did provide feedback on both answers to correct their factual errors so that hopefully Barb can become a better, better AI. What yeah, did you well, feed listen, into the AI? I said, what will happen next for Tess on the L Word Generation Q? I see. Sure. It gave me a lot of answers, but those were the ones that were funniest. They were the incorrect. The other ones are pretty generic, you know. Sure. She could get into LGBT community and building, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 working Fun on herself facts. or pursue meditation. Marja's initial pitch was also crafted by just typing words into an AI <laughs> chat generator. People don't know that. It's it's like a little known wow. fund industry insider fun fact. Yeah. When yeah, that said, is very insidery. Drew, when you said the show writes itself, I was like, well, haven't, and haven't we heard that before? <laughs> anyway, I'll, is there anyone left? Tom? What's Tom up to? Oh, Tom, Tom's I raising, think he's going to live happily Tom's ever after. Tom's his baby with his I just new... want everyone to be happy. That's nice. But Tom's kid is queer, and because of Tom's experience dating a bisexual woman, he's able to be a much better father to a queer child. Can you and... imagine Tom showing up with like a even like a six-year-old being like okay my kid says he's queer like can someone help <laughs> and it's like alice bet shane are like yes yeah we incredible. have advice incredible exactly it'll be beautiful in conclusion i'm pretty bummed it was canceled even though i hated about half of it I also even though it made me viscerally angry. I am pretty sad that it's not coming back. And even though we kind of knew after like a couple of months of it not getting announced, I think Reese is right. Like what you said at the beginning, like there was still like, but maybe like, right. Maybe it'll come it's like back. The strong franchise, like the social media. I don't know. It yeah. caused a lot of conversation, I feel like. And maybe that's just like, we were hearing all the people who were having the conversation, <laughs> like the conversation. maybe elsewhere. Nobody knows what it's, what the, that the show is happening, but I just feel like it was really fun to have something that was like rally aroundable and is like eventized. Like a league of their own, I know a ton of people watch, but it wasn't as like yeah. wins everyone well, watching. Episodes, wins every right, yeah, all the exactly. episodes were dropped at once, which was the worst decision ever. Like if if a league of their own had been weekly, it would have been even more of a phenomenon and it pisses me off right. so much that that didn't happen because Anyways. word because word of mouth is so important for queer yeah. shows yeah. especially like we talk to our friends who talk to their friends and like eventually a bar yeah. in la is hosting a watch party you know what i mean like i i yeah. think that's like such a fun part of the experience it makes you really feel like you're watching with people like that's the thing that i think i am sad about this show about queer community like also built queer community when it was airing yeah you know it like offered yeah, like, like an this, opportunity for that <laughs> this franchise started this community you know right and like then continued in like the comments of re every recap that reese posts gets like hundreds of comments because people are just like dying to talk about the show they just watched and like watch parties and real bars and you know like that's really fun or like the discord we did that like we watched along with people was so fun mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so that is a bummer. And I will miss our friends. Yeah, I think like as a franchise, for some reason, for better or for worse, it brought us all together, yeah. you know, 
And for some reason, even it's like our weird little, it's like our weird little community problem that we just have that we keep returning <laughs> to. But it like, for some reason, brings everyone together. We all watch it. It's a big enough cast that there's like everyone kind of can find somebody they're into. I feel sad for the cast because I think mm. it's probably really cool to be able to work with each other, you know? Yeah. And I think it's sad for us, for our, for our website traffic. Well, and also for all of our listeners, for Ellen back who enjoyed listening to us um, talk about the show for better and for worse throughout our time but maybe we'll find something else to talk about maybe we'll see you in new york <laughs> or maybe we'll see you in new york now that i have my windpipe fixed i'm ready to podcast about truly anything can talk for yeah ages. we could talk about a different tv show or a different we could talk about movies drew never talks about movies <laughs> we can never get drew to talk about movies so oh, that sorry. would be a really yeah, good fine, opportunity fine. <laughs> i'll talk about movies i mean it would be fun like in what i was talking about as far as like there are so many queer movies that come out each year that deserve like deep dives. I would, I would monthly movie club, tell them back monthly movie club. I would love mm, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be fun. Like, like weekly is tough, but like once a month we pick yeah. a new a movie that came out in the last three months. That's queer. Yeah. It's super cool. That'd be fun. I always wanted to do a podcast that was like a deep dive on like the history and the culture around like different shows that had queer characters in them, you know, at the time mm -hmm. and then yeah. talking about what yeah. they mean today. But that's one of those things that I think about when I think about like, I don't know, writing a TV show or building a tree house or owning, <laughs> owning, uh, owning, a home. owning something that's worth more than $50. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it's sort of in the fantasy space at this in time, the, but um, it's nice to have a dream column. Yeah. When uh, you sell auto throttle to Tess, who realizes that the best uh -huh. place to create community is online. Then you can, uh, yes. Then, then she'll can... fund my dream podcast. My dream. Yeah, cast. I don't know how Tess became a millionaire, but all of a sudden Tess became a millionaire in my fantasy. Yeah, I think the insurance settlement because they thought that the man, because the other man died in the car crash, and they thought that he was her husband, and so she got all of his money because he was rich from modeling for Abercrombie and Fitch. That was just the vibe I got from him, even though he was mm. a cater waiter. He was just doing that for fun to try to connect with people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And to deliver his product. He was trying to make a switch into like acting and yeah, dealing. Mm -hmm. So he is like, I'm going to connect with real people for a while to emote. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, mm. this is fun. Well, all right. RIP <laughs> Tina Kennard. RIP the Elwood Gen Q. Thanks for all the memories and all the fun times we had. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Twell and Bag Generation Q Edition, one of two podcasts brought to you by Autostraddle.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Twell and Back, and you can also email us at twellandbackcast at gmail.com. Our theme song is by the talented B. Steadwell, and our Gen Q logo is by Jax Co. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lauren Klein. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein. You can follow Drew everywhere at draw underscore Gregory. You can follow Annalisa on Instagram at Analoka with two A's and on Twitter at Analoka with one A and an underscore. You can follow the legendary Reese Bernard everywhere at Autowin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, the reason why we're all here, Autostraddle.com. This is where the song uh, Graduation by Vitamin C would play. Yeah, mm -hmm, that would be ideal. If we could cue that up, are we going to do keywords? Oh, wow! You well, you just said cue that up. Which you I just said cue that up, so maybe that you for it, you finally broke the reason there's no more Gen <laughs> Q is because you finally didn't say quince meat. You said cue, and I was hoping to get to say quince meat one more time. Okay, let's do keywords on the podcast. Okay, yeah. okay, ready. <laughs>
Three, <laughs> two, one. Quincy. Quincy. <laughs> Everyone said Quincy. Oh, you guys. So true, Reese. I love you. Wow, what a great show! The final Quince meet. So excited! If you get to, if you get to write the Christmas special that like inevitably yes. ends the whole <gasps> Gen Q thing, do you think you'll just title it Quince meet? Yes, I'll be like a Quince meet Christmas, Christmas with Quince meet. If it, yeah, if it's L a Christmas special. If it's a Christmas Back episode, it's like a Quince meet truffle or whatever. You're, I don't know. We're already yeah. making shit up. They're doing it. They're going to have it as an Airbnb in Palm Springs, maybe, or maybe in Joshua Tree. It's hard to decide. I have that so many is, creative options available to me on this project. I haven't been commissioned to produce, but again, would love to. Topping, laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that.